You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. So how many of you have ever been coached by somebody in your life, maybe in sports or other areas? You've had somebody who's coached you? Well, we're going to watch a short video this morning of some coaching. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I knew we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> what, you only go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. I bet he does. There you go. It's going to be good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Not the 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep your keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on. Keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know he's heavy. I'm about out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. You're back! Don't stop! Keep going! It's not too hard! You keep going! Come on, Brock! Give me more! Give me more! Keep going! 20 more steps! 20 more! Keep going, Brock! Give me your back! Don't quit! No! Keep going! Keep going! Keep going! Don't quit! Don't quit! Don't quit! Brock Kelly, you don't quit! Keep going! Keep going! Go, Brock Kelly! You don't quit on me! No, you keep going! You keep going! 
more steps. Ten more. Ten more. Ten more. Keep going. Don't quit. Give me your Look up, Brock. You're in the end zone. Brock, you are the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Don't tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Hurts. Can I count on you? Yes. Hurts. What is it, Jeremy? I want a 160. How many have seen the movie Facing the Giants? That's to me the most memorable scene in the entire movie. And this morning we're going to continue our series in Galatians chapter 5. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, I think, for, and when we look at the Trinity, is probably the most misunderstood because we understand the role of God as our Father and Jesus as the Son. But the Holy Spirit is kind of like, okay, how does that work exactly? And I like to liken it as this. The Holy Spirit is our coach. And so that's the angle we're going to look at this morning from Galatians chapter 5, is the Holy Spirit is our coach. Now, how many of you, I asked you this earlier, how many have been coached in some sort of maybe athletic sport at some point in your past? Okay. How many have been coached in something else? Because these days there's a lot of coaches. You've got health coaches, life coaches, you've got uh, spiritual coaches, you've got um, uh, um, work coaches. There's a lot of different coaching um, areas you can be coached in. Anybody have any of those? How many have been maybe told by an employer you need to go to coaching because you need to learn to be more sensitive? Okay. So there's a lot of different areas of coaching. So for me growing up, I, uh, I played a lot of sports. I went to a small Christian high school, which meant if you walked and chewed gum, you probably were on the team. Um, but I played basketball through high school, and I actually broke my wrist slam dunking a basketball. You're like, wow, how did you do that? Because I jumped off the steps. <laughs> Wasn't good. I didn't want to tell my mom. I went to work that night at Burger King. I went, Arm was tingling, and finally I called him. Like, Mom, I think I need to go to the hospital. And uh, but um, so I never could actually jump that high. But in high school, I had a um, our freshman year in high school. Our one of our pastors at our church was our coach. His name was Brother Al. He was an amazing man. He hardly ever lost his temper. He was even keel. He grew up in Indiana. If you know anything about Indiana, they got great sports, especially when it comes to basketball. And he brought his press clippings in when he played in high school. He was an amazing basketball player. And at this point, he was probably in his early 50s. And um, he brought, um, one day we were doing a free throw shooting competition. And so we were all see who could make the most free throws in a row. And he made 67 in a row. And number 68 went out like this. And we were like, wow, he is an amazing shooter. And so we learned a lot from him, but between our freshman year and sophomore year, we got a new coach. In our sophomore year of high school, our coach was a woman. We're like, oh, great. We got a lady going to coach our high school boys basketball team. And so the first practice we come to, she has us do nothing but run. Now, how many of you play basketball in the past? How many know running was not your favorite thing to do? I mean, you're kind of, I want to shoot. I want to score, right? And so we ran and we ran and we ran and we got out of practice. We're like, we have a woman who does not know how to play. 
She's going to make us run every day. Now, she had played Division I college basketball. Had just graduated the year before, so she was a good athlete. And we found out at practice number two, because practice number two, we get out there and we're going to do a rebounding drills. And she was 6'1", and she played power forward in college. And we did some rebounding drills, and guess what the boys found out at practice number two? She could play, and she was really good. And so she would go, we'd go up for a rebound, and she'd go up for the rebound, and she would just turn, and at the last second, she'd go, and we would, and she'd just stand there and catch the rebound. And we're like, she goes, you don't have to jump if you rebound, if you get the right. So she would call it putting her butt in your gut, and she was really good at it. And here's what we found was, here's those two different coaches, two different styles, and you know what we found out? They both had the same goal in mind, and that was to help us to be better basketball players and help us to win. So when you look at the collegiate ranks, there's been a couple basketball coaches in the past who are two totally different styles. I wasn't um, watching basketball at this time, but John Wooden coached UCLA, and he had won 10 national championships. How many of you remember watching any John Wooden coaching? Amazing. He had amazing players. And uh, because he was a great coach, he was able to attract guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Lou Alcindor back in those days, Bill Walton, and other players who came and played for him. Ten national championships. That's not going to happen. There's no basketball coach out there in college these days who's going to pull that off. And so, but what they found with him was well, he was not a screamer. He wasn't a yeller. He was much of a, very much an encourager. And so you got this guy. But then we also have the, another guy who had some success who was really different. Yeah? Who is it? Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight was very fiery personality. And a couple things he's known for in the past was one game he got thrown out of the game because he took the chair and decided, hey, that chair just belongs on the other side of the court because I didn't like that referee's call. And he took it and slung it to the other end of the floor. And guess what? You get thrown out of the game for that one. You get a, get a free ride to the, to the uh, tunnel. And, uh, but here's the thing. Even both these guys, they both wanted something for their teams, and they wanted their players to win. Now, Bobby Knight had a, had a temper, and we're going to talk a little bit later about self-control. And that ultimately cost him his position as a basketball coach at Indiana University because of that area in his life that he couldn't control. So this morning, we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit coaches us and how it's important that we listen to what he wants to say to us. Because I had a lot of coaches, but you know what? If, we, if I chose not to listen... I would have sat the bench. I mean, that would have been the first thing. If you're not going to play the way I want you to play, then you can sit on the bench. But when the Holy Spirit, when, we, when I used to think of the Holy Spirit, I always thought of the Holy Spirit because of the power that came with it. Because in Acts chapter 1, Acts 1, 8, Luke says this, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And because the power came on Peter, that Peter, who was a guy who denied Jesus three times, and one time he denied Jesus to a kid. Don't you know, I'm not with him. Okay, so the very first time Peter ever preached after the Holy Spirit came on him, 3,000 people received Christ as their Savior. So something changed inside of Peter. And that was the Holy Spirit in his life. And so we're going to look this morning in Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 13. But there's a quote I want to read to you before we read that. And it said, Jesus Christ came to reveal the love of God and provide the way for the grace of God so that we might be free. Free from the demands of law, free from the penalty of sin, and free to live a life of grace. That's what he did for us. So we're going to read Galatians 5, 13 to 26. It's going to come on the screen. I'm going to read these verses too because this is our text for this morning. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For, this, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, for you will be destroyed by each other. So I say this, walk by the Spirit, and you will not satisfy the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. 
They're in conflict with each other so that you are not to be you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And then Paul decides, I'm going to give you some definitions, some understandings of what sin looks like in our life. And I'm going to read these real quick. And some of these you're going to say, yes, that was me before my relationship with Christ. And here's what he said. The acts of the flesh are this sexual immorality, impurity, uh, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But I love the but because here's what he said. But the fruit of the spirit is this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. There's a powerful quote from Warren Wearsby where he said this, What God the Father planned for you and God the Son purchased for you on the cross, God the Spirit personalizes for you and applies this to your life as you yield to Him. Secondly, if you live by the law, you are depending on your flesh to try to be right with God. Okay, How many know on your own you cannot be right with God? Only a few of us. Okay, the rest of you guys have got it. Okay, We cannot be right with God on our own. If you live by the Spirit, you're depending on the Spirit to produce the likeness of Christ in your life. So who are we depending on to help us become like Christ? The Spirit. Because in ourselves, we can't do it. I went to Bible college and they taught us this phrase in college and I had a professor talk like this. He says, what we have, young people, is an Adamic nature. What does that mean? We all have the spirit of Adam. And so because of the spirit, that's what causes us to be like Christ. There is so much freedom in that statement. We can be sure that it's not just up to us to get it right, that we have the Holy Spirit interceding on our behalf. Because what is he doing? He is coaching us. Now, we have to listen to his advice. If he's saying, hey, you need to go this direction or not do this, we have a choice. Am I going to listen to the Holy Spirit or am I going to try to do it on my own strength? When Jesus, right before he was crucified, he told his disciples this in John chapter 14. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it can neither see him or know him. But if you know him... For he lives with you and, and he will be with you. Here's what he was saying. He said, I'm going back to heaven and you guys need help. Because even when Jesus was with his disciples, did they mess up? Absolutely. So he's going, if I'm going back to heaven and they're messing up and I'm with them for three and a half years, they need help. So he said, I am going to send you an advocate or I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send somebody to be beside you all day, every day, who's going to coach you and lead you in the path you need to go. So the work of the Holy Spirit this morning, we'll look at three specific areas the Holy Spirit works in our life from Galatians chapter 5. And that is this, to fulfill the law of love, to overcome the flesh, and produce God-glorifying fruit. Because here's number one, the Spirit enables us to fulfill the law of love. John 13, 34, 34, 35, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, love one another as long as you agree with each other. Or, if you have the same political affiliation, love them. Or, if they keep their grass the way you keep your grass. How many of you, your yard is perfectly manicured? A few. How many of you, 
grass and weeds, they kind of interact together. I mean, if you need some weeds to make sure all the grass is green or the yard is green. Yeah, that's kind of my yard. I mean, it's not the worst in the neighborhood, but it's definitely not the best. My brother, he is, um, he's one of those manicured yards, and he's told me over the years that his neighbor next door does not keep his yard as perfect, and sometimes he lets it grow up too high. So my brother has literally taken his own lawnmower, went over to his neighbor's house, and mowed his yard so his yard wouldn't look bad. Now, that's a little extreme, but I guess he wanted to, I don't know if he's making a point or just helping the guy out. But when someone um, is kind to us... Is it easy to be kind back to them? Absolutely. You know who does that? The world. When people are kind to them, they're kind back. It's when someone is not kind to you. What did, what did Paul say in Galatians 5.13? He says, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, love comes in five different forms we learned from Gary Chapman, right? What are, who knows some of the five forms of way you can show love? What, anybody know one of them? Okay, well, that's, we're, we can do agape, phileo, there's all those. But we're going to talk about personal ones, like we got physical touch. Okay, for some of us, physical touch is the greatest way someone can show you love. There's also, there's quality time. There's acts of service. There's words of affirmation. And there's gifts. And those are five ways you can show somebody you love them. And we all need parts of those. All of us have one of those acts of love, one of those love, love languages that's yours. Right? I mean, there's one thing you say, man, when someone does this, when they say something kind to me, that's more important than a gift. How many would say for you the kind words, the words of affirmation are like your deal? Okay, how many it's gifts? Man, they give you something. That tells me you love me. Women? Men? No? Okay, you guys don't have any. Okay. Jeff, do you not have a love language? Yeah. James. No wonder you said Jeff Anderson, James Anderson. No wonder. James, do you have a love language? Words of affirmation. Okay. Quality. Yeah, how many women quality time? There we go. I'm seeing a few hands. So, so the takeaway from this is this. People will know you're his disciples when you show love one for another. Even when you don't agree, when someone offends you. Corey Tenboom spent almost a year in a German concentration camp because her family was hiding Jews that the Germans were trying to hide and to put in these concentration camps. And fortunately for her, she was released by a clerical error. And if she had not been released that week, the next week, everybody in that concentration camp, the, the word she was in, would all have been executed. So she spent the next 50 years of her life going around talking about her love for Christ and how she forgave these people. So we all have reasons, we all have excuses, we all have a reason. Like, this person, I can't love them. And then you say, because, or but they did this. And we all have it. I have stories like they did this, I did. But here's, here's what Corey Tenboom would say about love. She says this, do you know what hurts so, you know what hurts so much? Love hurts. Love is the strongest force in this world, and when it is blocked, what does it mean? It means pain. There are two things we can do when that happens. We can kill that love so that it stops hurting, but then, of course, part of us dies too. Or we can ask God to open another route for that love to travel through. And sometimes in our lives, we have to ask God to give us another route to show love to that person who has done something to injure us. The amazing thing about love is this, that it fulfills all of the laws God ever gave. As we truly love others, others, we are looking for opportunities to work for others good. So the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to love the unlovable. We've all been unlovable. We all want the grace, but we don't always want to give the grace. Amen? Oh, me? Okay. We want grace. I made a mistake. Please forgive me. Okay. But then when we do something, or they do something, like, I'm not giving you grace. I'm not going to do it. We don't want to show the same love that we ask for. 
Okay, the Spirit does this. It enables us to overcome the flesh. When we accept Christ, our spirits are 100% saved, but our souls are in the process of being saved. Therefore, we have a constant conflict. So saying no to our flesh is never easy. We cannot live a holy life without the help of the Holy Spirit. Okay, here's the thing. We all sin. And no one had to teach us how to do it. How many of your parents in the room? How many of you, when your child got to the age of three, you sat them down and you said, all right, today, let's talk about Paul. Paul, today you're three years old. I'm going to sit you down and we're going to teach you how to lie. Did you teach Paul how to lie? No. We don't have have to do that, right? Vanessa, you've got wonderful children. Did you ever teach your kids how to lie? No. They... We learned it. How many had to teach you? They just sit you down and say, this is how you lie. No, we, we all, those are things that we learn. We learn how to disobey. Did anybody teach you how to disobey? No. Okay. We all do these things because it's that simple nature that lives within us. Paul, here he was, a missionary who went to all the parts of the world that he could to share the hope of the gospel. And Romans said he dealt with the same thing. Romans chapter 7, he says this in verse 18. For I know... That good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my simple nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do. But the evil I do not want to do, I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it's a sin living in me that does it. That's a lot of do's. How many of you ever felt like that? You got that one thing that trips you up. You're like, I don't want to do that. But when you don't want to do it, what do you find yourself doing? It. So how do we overcome the It. Is it on our own strength? Has anybody overcome? No, no. We only overcome it when we ask Christ through His Holy Spirit to come alongside and say, help me through this. Because to overcome someone who's unlovely, you need that. To overcome the flesh, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need Him coaching you daily. The last one is this. The Spirit enables us to produce God-glorifying fruit. Now, there are nine fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. And they're not... Ors. That's not love or joy or peace or patience or kindness or goodness or faithfulness or gentleness or self-control. They're all of them. God wants those all in our lives. We don't get to pick. Now, some of them you might be better at. How many would say there's at least one fruit of the Spirit? Like, hey, that one I'm, it, I don't struggle with. Okay? There are some that we would say. How many would say the last one is a tough one? Self-control. Okay? There's a lot of areas in our life self-control can trip us up, right? Amen? Okay? But there are certain ones, like for me, joy is one that just, it just kind of comes out of me. So I don't have to like look for joy. I just find, I find the positive in situations just because that's just my wiring. But that's where the Holy Spirit, again, comes alongside us and helps us to grow. So we can't say, well, you know what? I am, I am German, so I will not have self-control because Germans, you know, we have this. Okay? Or I am French or I am Russian. Sometimes we use the, you know, what, our, what our background is, our heritage is, to say that's the reason we don't. But the reality is, okay, God wants all nine of those fruits of the Spirit evident in our life, and they're most evident in difficult times. Okay? How do you have peace unless there's maybe a difficult situation you have to have peace in? If it's peaceful, then it's already peace. But if it's a difficult situation, then we say, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you to give me peace in this situation. How do I, how do I overcome this? Only through the power of the Spirit can we do that. And it comes all down to the root. Okay. How many of you love to plant and grow things? That's not me. I'm not good at it. I, I learned that in kindergarten because I took a peach pit. I'd heard that if I planted it and watered it, it would grow. And so 
being five, I put it in the sandbox and poured water on it. And every day I would go pull it back out and look at it and do this over and over again. And of course, uh, there was a lot of things I did wrong there, but I couldn't grow it. And so if you're a big Auburn or Alabama fan, anybody roll, pull for any of those two teams, War Eagle or Roll Tide? Anybody out there? Okay. Well, if that's a huge rivalry, just like in basketball, we've got Carolina versus Duke, and we know it's God's Carol, God loves Carolina. Um, but when it comes to Auburn and, and Alabama, they have this huge rivalry when it comes to football. And back in 2011, Auburn, which their quarterback at the time happens to be the Panthers quarterback these days, Cam Newton, they won the national championship, and Alabama fans were so upset that one of the fans decided he was going to go over to Auburn, and they had this area in their downtown area with these, these special trees that people always stood around. I've never been there to know what it looks like. But he decided he was going to kill those trees. And instead of taking a big chainsaw, because he could have called Pastor Farrell, because Pastor Farrell's got a lot of chainsaws, um, he decided he was going to kill those trees, and so he took some pesticide or insecticide, some sort of side, and poured it around those trees to kill them. And then he wanted everybody to know about it, so he called the radio station. Say, hey, this is Al. I killed your trees. And you know what happened to those trees? They died. And he was arrested for it. Because he knew that if he could get to the root of those trees, it was going to bring death. And sure enough, those trees were eventually died because of what happened. Because the root is so important. So in our lives, if we think, well, I've got bitterness but that's okay. I can be bitter in this area. What does bitter love look like? What does bitter joy look like? What does bitter self... Okay, if we have that as a root, it is going to manifest itself in other areas of our lives. So how do we overcome these things? Because we have that Adamic nature. We have that sin nature. We have that nature that says, I want to do the wrong thing. I want to do it my way. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we do not bear fruit for our own consumption... So when we are living according to the Holy Spirit and the fruit that he produces, it is so when people look at us, they say there's something different. Well, Lisa was sharing earlier, I saw a lot of you shaking your head. You want to be in a place when you go somewhere that you leave, they go, that person was different. What made them different? Okay, It's the, it's the, it's the Holy Spirit working in our lives. So you don't know anybody you interact with on a daily basis what's going on in their world. And so when we live those, the fruit of the Spirit out in our lives, we have an opportunity with ever, not every person ever coming in and stepping into the uh, building of a church or reading the Bible, they have an opportunity through your life to see a difference. Because there's many people, I had somebody a couple weeks ago, he says I pulled out in front of him, I don't think I pulled out in front of him, and I watched him ride my bumper for about a mile, and I tried to act like I didn't see him, and then we got to the light, he pulled up next to me, and he just stared at me like this. Long enough, I finally looked over at him, and he's like, you know, gave me the salute. And I'm like... I didn't really pull out of you, but maybe you were going too fast. But it was like, okay, so I could have, had a, I could have reacted, right? I could have been like, well, you know, whatever. But no, I'm like, you know what? He's having a bad day. I'm not going to make my day bad because of his reaction. I was like, I, it's okay. And so then I followed him for the next three miles. So he wasn't that far because he got around me. And I'm thinking, you know, I could have reacted in a way to say, well, you know, two wrongs make a right. But the reality is this. We, we don't want to live our lives according to that. We want to live according to the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So... Rick Warren, if you ever read his book, uh, Purpose Driven Life, came out about 15 years ago. He pastored Saddleback Church out in California. And uh, their son, about four years ago, their adult son committed suicide. And talk about, you know, shaking the family. I can't imagine going through that, what, what the emotions would be. So someone asked his wife, Kay, recently how she survived this. How did, how did you cope through this? And she said this, I've sent my spiritual roots deep into the character of God for more than 50 years. Circumstances tried to brutally rip the rip out the tree of faith, but my roots held strong. 
So when we have those circumstances that happen that we don't see coming, we can't foresee. We may have a loved one who's sick who may be passing away. We see it coming, but it's the unexpected. Okay, where are our roots at that point? Rabbi Zacharias said this. He said, when Jesus came, he didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And that's us. We're alive, not because of our works, okay, but because of his Holy Spirit and what he did in our lives. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the book of Galatians that Paul wrote to us. Lord, that we could understand you more and who your Holy Spirit is. And Lord, I pray you'd help each and every one of us this morning as we leave to understand how the Holy Spirit comes into our life to coach us. Lord, I pray you would help us to accept the coaching. That, Lord, we wouldn't just listen and then turn a deaf ear, but, Lord, we would accept the coaching, Lord, your Holy Spirit brings into our lives on a daily basis. And we pray this in your name. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.